Bum Podcast. For real? Bum Podcast. I'm about to bring some heat, man. You in here yawning. Hey, man. So, anyway, um, what we talk about last week? We don't know. We talked about the, the, um, oh, the bridge, the barracks, the, the bridge, the barracks, and the dormitory. So this right here, this right here, we we've been we've been, I guess, gambling, dabbling, gambling, dabbling in this conversation for the last two months, I guess. Going um, on this path. Say, so going on this path. Of learning. Yeah, learning. Trying to learn. Trying to trying to trying to pass on some knowledge. Um, trying to pass on some wealth and some knowledge as we gain some. As we gain some, and so, um, actually, last week I think it was. Um, we came across something, and uh, this is going to be for you Bible scholars. I mean, just just so you know, uh, we were talking about the the prodigal son. We were talking about something else, and somehow the prodigal son came into it because you enjoy that story. Because so I enjoy this, I don't know that I enjoy this story or not, but we we were talking about it, and um, it it it, it was the it was the attitude of the older son. Right. And for those of you who may not know about the prodigal son, it was two sons. At least we're only talking about two sons, and their father and the younger son went to the father and wanted his share of what he was supposed to have. His inheritance. His inheritance. And uh, he wanted to go and, and, and party and live a good life. I mean, he didn't necessarily want to go party. He well, that's didn't want to be there. Well, he didn't want to be there. All right, so he wanted to move out. He ended out. up partying. He did end up partying. So he wanted, to, he wanted, he wanted to be grown. He got too big for, big for his britches. Yes. And so he, he, wanted to, he wanted to leave, and he did. And um, it just so happens that he left and he, he squandered all that he had mm-hmm. is exactly what they say. He squandered all that he had. I mean, which I mean, that's that that part of the story. People pay to pay attention to a lot. Right. Um, the part of the story that really um, struck me when we were conversating last week was when he came back home and the elder son was coming from work, working out in the field, taking care of taking care of daddy stuff. And um, realized that his daddy was throwing a party for the younger son who had already gotten everything that he was going to get and um, left. And, and the thing that, that, that um, popped out at me and I, I brought it up with T and we started talking about it was um, the, the way the father responded to him. And, and basically the father said, I mean, everything I got is yours. You know what I'm saying? Everything I got is yours. And so while you out here tripping, about what your younger brother got, you own the estate, is essentially what he was saying. And so that's why we call this birthright, because then we start talking about, like, it was his birthright, and start doing some, you know, some research on birthright, and um, I, I had to get T to go look at Bridgerton, because I've been watching Bridgerton, and I don't know if y'all watch Bridgerton or not, and this ain't a shameless plug, you don't have to watch it if you don't want to watch it, but if you didn't, then you're gonna, this is a spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, but in well, Bridgerton, you, you can't spoil oh that, man, look at this is my show. I mean, our show. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm but, about to say, but this this half won't spoil it. You can unspoil it if you like. But this between you and me, without me, whatever, man. You feel me? So but, all right, go ahead. So anyway, so 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 the thing was, we started talking about what was a birthright, and 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 uh, what was what was so I guess important about a birthright, and the way it the way it comes into play. And again, I, I'll just give you this quick part about, about, about Bridgerton so, since I brought it up. Um, the oldest son, the dad, the dad had passed, and the dad was never in the show, so that's not the spoiler alert. But the oldest son was responsible for the household. And so he was taking care of everything that the father would have taken care of. And so I wanted T to watch it so he could get that kind of perspective. But really the conversation that came out of it was like, what is a birthright? Why is a birthright? And why does it fall on the shoulders of the elders? 
You have something to say about that? That's all you had to say about the show? Yeah, that's it. That wasn't a spoiler alert. I know. I was going to go into deep. You got people that done tuned off and all that. That's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Make your way back, yo. That was it? Oh, you asking what? So so I can continue? I I mean, mean, where was he going? Well, that's what I was going to say. So we started talking about birthright. And um, so the thing about the birthright, that that especially um, when, when you look at it from biblical perspective, and I've been doing some research on it. The thing about the birthright is the eldest child, and it's mostly the eldest son, gets a double portion. Um, and it, it almost is like, well, it's not almost like, it's like the oldest child, not only does he get a double portion, um, or the oldest child is responsible for the estate and is responsible for disseminating to everybody else in the estate. Right. Right. So with um, a little bit of input for me, my personal story, understanding i know just from um when i was younger and reading through the bible and all that and always hearing about the first son and the birthright and um basically how the first gets the largest portion and i always kind of wondered why that was and how that was fair and what decided that um that fact and what i've come to know through what these past couple months and more so even just these past few weeks especially with watching a show such as Bridgerton is the weight of that, res- that responsibility as well. That it's not just you get a double portion as, Oh, here's a gift to you just because you were born first. Right. The reason you get that double portion is because you are to be responsible for everything that's going on. Right. And so it's almost like this isn't a gift to you. This is a tool for you to use in order to take care of your responsibility that you have as being the firstborn. So that's something like a new perspective that I've kind of gotten to right to witness and to see. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna share this with you. So I, this is again when I was doing my research on birthright, it it, can, it gave this term. It was called primogeniture, primogeniture, and it says um, a primogeniture is the right by law or custom of the firstborn legitimate child to inherit the parent's entire or main estate in preference to shared inheritance among all or some children, any illegitimate child or any collateral relative. In most contexts, it means the inheritance of the firstborn son, agnatic primogenitor. It can also mean the firstborn daughter, matrineal uh, primogenitor. And so, um, that that kind of again goes down the lines. It was saying that this firstborn is going to inherit the whole estate. So that I guess our conversation is not necessarily about just the birthright, but we want to talk about the responsibility because the thing that you know, as we were as we were talking over the last few um, months, I guess, and talking about this whole legacy plan that we're trying to build and um, building the wealth for the family, and talking about you know before you pass on the um, financial wealth, you want to make sure that you also pass on the knowledge, we talked about getting it out of the mud, that getting out of the mud mentality and making sure that um, your offsprings um, or whoever you're, you're leaving your, your, your um, wealth to has a mentality to build wealth and not to squander wealth. We talked about how wealth is lost between the first and the second generation at a rate to, of 70 to 90% and all that kind of stuff. And, and so – that's where we start having this real deep conversation and we wanted to, you know, carry on. And it was, uh, we don't, I know I haven't, I haven't had this conversation with T and I'm learning I have to have this conversation with T and I'm glad we have this time together 
because now the bigger order of things is not only are you going to inherit what I leave you, I need you to get into a mindset right now of realizing that when you get it, your first responsibility is to the estate. All right. Um, And what that means is like, even right now, what I have is his. Well, it goes through his mom, but basically yeah, what that, we... That was, that was a bar that you brought up um, a while ago. Go ahead. What was that? And explain that concept. Which one? Oh, uh, What was it? Basically, uh, we were talking about the prodigal son, and he's saying all that I have is yours. Right. So uh, the interesting way that you brought it up that I hadn't really... This was a foreign uh, perspective to me was really like... For the first son, everything that was there was already his. Already his, yeah. Um, and he would be taking care of it when the father passed on. Mm-hmm. And so he was worried about what he was giving to the uh, the second son. But it wasn't just, well, you stay with me so you get to, you, you've had this benefit. But it's, no, all of this around you is actually yours when I pass on. And so looking from it... Um, and that even went into our conversations of us now mm-hmm. and me being here and how the things that you you guys do matters right, uh, right. For, for me in the future and for the estate and all of that because my typical or my natural way of looking at it is well, that's y'all life. That's y'all life. Yep, yep. Do what y'all want to do on me. That doesn't, it doesn't bother me as long as y'all are happy with it. But then getting into that perspective of thinking more so than just person to person, but as the state, thinking about the state as a whole. Right. Right. I should be looking like, oh, I don't know about that because not only is that affecting you, but how is this going to cross over to my generation, the generation after that? So when we think about the decisions we're making, maybe I want to give some input. Like, I don't really know if that makes the best sense or maybe we can do this better. And so that was a new, uh, a new perspective for me. And let's sit there for a minute because we, we were talking, because even when we were talking about like the whole, this whole building the legacy and making sure, one of the things that we talked about was making sure that whatever the legacy plan is, uh, making sure that we have buy-in from the generations below us. And so for me, like it's one thing to leave wealth, but making sure that I get buy-in from you or we get buy-in from you on what we want to do with this wealth or how we want to build this wealth because it, it, it not only benefits you, but also we need to make sure that you have it so that when you have your kids, you can have the same conversation with them. And so it's all in a way to, to um, prevent wealth from leaking. And so um, it, again, and it's a new concept for me because, because growing up, it's like, you know, it's my money and if I leave you some, then you get it. Or if you get some insurance money, then you get the insurance money. But I'm unaffected by what you do with it. And I think that that, I mean, as I, as I grow wiser and I start thinking more about um, where we're trying to move as far as building a legacy and, and a long-lasting legacy and, and having a brown name to just um, be far-reaching, uh, just making sure that you not only um, – hear what we're talking about but you have but you participate in the conversations i remember we were looking at buying some land um not, not too long ago and i was asking you like so what do you think about this and you're like well it don't matter to me because i'm moving you know yeah. and i'm like dude i'm not gonna be out there yeah that's what you said i'm not gonna be out there i'm like but dude you, you gotta realize it's gonna be your home base and now understanding that it's not gonna just be your home base it's gonna be a part of your 
your inheritance, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be a part of your inheritance. And um, making sure that the decisions that we make, whereby they do benefit us and we enjoy them, but make sure that they're not at a point where um, it's not going to do you any good in the future. Uh, I can even tell you, like, uh, my parents, and and my parents came to me, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and that's when they had the conversation with me about their estate and saying, you know, you're executor, and this is, you know, here, here are all the paperwork, this is what we have, this, these are the assets, this is what you need to be looking at. And, you know, and even in, in my, when my parents came to me, I'm like, okay, that's cool, I got y'all, but y'all going to be here for a long time, so I'm not even worrying about it. But that was even their first, you know, um, move to say, hey, no, this is the Browns, and you're going to be responsible for the Browns, you know? And, and, and the older I get, the more I realize that that's my role, even as now, you know, I'm trying to do more, stay more engaged in what's going on with them from a day, on a day-to-day basis. And so um, my parents bought some land, I guess probably 12, 13 years ago. Um, and they bought five acres of land, and they, they, they put their place, they, they, you know, put their house on five acres of land. And I remember once they were saying about, you know, if y'all want a piece of that, y'all come out here and put it out. I'm thinking, I'm not moving out there, right? But that was them doing the same thing for me that I was trying to do for you. It's like, hey, we, we, we're about to invest in this land, and this land is going to be a part of your inheritance. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so um, just understanding that. I didn't have any, <laughs> any, any line to go down after that. Oh, for real? I, I was so, a willing participant. Okay. That perspective. So, so now, so we talked about it from, from the inheritance and what you received part about it. The bigger part about it is, um, I guess you, you and you 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 started on it, but making it making it even bigger, like your responsibility toward it, mm-hmm. your, your responsibilities toward it. And this is the thing that I'm learning that I have to be better at now with preparing you for and holding you to account for. Is like, okay, T, you're going to be um, responsible for all of this that your mother and I are building because it's going to fall to you. And we need to make sure that you're not waiting until it happens um, to begin to steward over it. Because it's really already yours. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's really already yours. We're just in the way. That's sad, man, because you might want to knock me off of that. That ain't what I mean. It's really, it, it, really, it is already yours, and you, you can use it as you need it. Um, we're, we're just stewarding it. We're stewarding. We are stewards over it for this period of time in our lineage. You want to know? Um, well, I just kind of had a connecting thought because a part of us talking about generational wealth and, and just us building wealth and setting ourselves up for the future. Um, we were looking at basically like new ways to make, to have our money work for us. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I feel culturally, uh, us as black people are typically behind in mm-hmm. because I don't know, basically we're, we're coming, we're, we're like slavery and, and yeah. civil rights movement and all that is in a lot of people's lifetime. Right. Right. Um, we're, so we're not that far extended from that. Impoverished so mentality. Right. We've had a lot of, basically our struggles are in getting just, I don't know. Like getting up to speed in my personal life mm-hmm. and in this personal generation and not, all right, so this personal generation is kind of set up. So how are we going to continue this down the road? 
And so something that we or that I learned about was life insurance, mm-hmm. but not just life insurance in the typical, um, at least understanding that I was used to, which is after, like, if you have a life insurance policy after you die, then this much money comes to me, which would be that whole waiting for something to happen to do it. Right. But just talking about, we learned about some ways that you can use insurance in a different way to actually get some benefit from that currently. Mm-hmm. And so that's even an extension of everything's not about wait until you check. Yeah, right, right. Basically. Um, it's an ongoing thought process and mentality that uh, we want to start developing as a culture, honestly. Right. And, 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 and that's, again... This is why, and, and we start out, we call this birthright, but the reason why we call it birthright really is because the onus of the, 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 the new holder of the state right. or, the, you know, the person in waiting, the, the firstborn, in our case, the only born, T, um, these are things that we're trying to bring you up to speed on because we want you to be charged over it right. so that you can, you can learn as much as you can about it now so that your, your kids... You can start teaching your kids right now. You're 20, and we're talking to you about it now at 20. You can start talking to your kids about it at two. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it's, it's just, it really is amazing. I remember I had a conversation with somebody one day, man, and it, it got me because I was like, I mean, we try to be bougie sometimes, but we just want to be bougie with the dress up. We don't want to be bougie with the money. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't try to save our money or, the, or, or, or build our assets or build our net worth. Like bougie folk do, we build we up just wanna, enough to be fake bougie. Yeah, we we, we build up enough to be fake. They look the part, and and we should we should go a lot further than that. We should go a lot further than that. And so, um, it's all about again having that conversation because because I and I, I'm a, I'm a real I, I'm a victim of it because I know for me I've always said like and I like I told my parents look when y'all die don't don't leave me nothing you know what I'm saying just spend it all, um right. and and that and that was I guess a mentality that says. Okay, you know, enjoy your life. You made the fruits of your labor. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Um, the inheritance and the inheritance that you're leaving me is, and it, it has been inheritance because you know the Bible says, uh, uh, "What a good man leaves an inheritance to his children, children." And always looking at it from the perspective of its work ethic or getting it out of the mud mentality, right? And not just not just financial or not really financial. Whereas the problem was, that's not just something for you. Right. 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 Yeah. That's something that then goes on to me and through me to the next generation. So it's like when you turn down the inheritance from the first, you're not cutting yourself off. You're cutting the whole. Yeah. You're starting everybody else the whole from, line from square off. one. You're right. starting everybody else from square one. And we got to get to a point where we're not working from behind. I think a lot, a lot, in large part, we're working from behind. I agree with that. And so I know like even for me, like, and it's and I still feel the same way about college, but I'm going to use college as an example. How I'll say like, I'm not paying for you to go to college. You're going to have to, you know, find the money. But I, I did say you needed to find the money. I didn't say you needed to pay for it yourself. And I really believe that. But, like, just some of the things, like, having you, I've always had you pay for your, pay your own way or pay half of your own way, that right. kind of stuff. Those things, I think, were important lessons because they were important lessons because I need you to understand that you need to work for what you want. Um, but I, I think if we would have gotten started a little sooner, or if I would have gotten started a little sooner, with this whole like insurance policy thing or helping to build wealth and teaching you about estates and estate planning. You know, we just sold our, our house and when we, we, we bought and sold three houses. Um, I, people have talked to me time after time about, being, you know, 
keeping it and renting them out. And I'm like, I don't want to be a landlord. You know what I'm saying? Right. But when I even bought the house, I didn't even buy them as an asset for that perspective. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if you that's realize, the next step. Yeah, that's the next step. And so if you start trying, I mean, you know, it, it, and if, if I start looking at it from that perspective, I can look at the advantages that could come from it. Which I want to have a conversation with you about that. Okay. Off record. Oh, off record. Okay. You don't right. want to beat me up over it? No, I'm trying to make some money. Okay. But go ahead. All right. So yeah, so so we're looking, you know, looking at that again. Um, just as again, as we as we grow knowledgeable, just trying to share where we are, and at this point, realizing that um, we have to start our our, our children, especially our firstborn, because like I said, our firstborn, if we have a child, our firstborn is the only one we're promised. Um, understanding that we need to start them off out the gate, realizing that hey, we we've been stewards over over X. Mm-hmm. We're gonna continue to grow X, but we need to train you to start being a steward over X now because you're in waiting. You're gonna take over, and we need you to start having this mindset now. And it kind of changes things, um, which is what you you know you said about Bridgerton or even that whole mindset. Like, well, you were saying about how it almost robbed the the firstborn of their life mm-hmm. because they had so to be heavy. so responsible so you know so early, and it's like yeah. especially in a situation. Like, um, if you lose, um, I guess, the head of your household early. Mm-hmm. Now, from a young age, you you take on that responsibility really early, which is actually something that we see a lot. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. I mean, and you know, and it's like, to he who much is given and much is required, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems unfair. But, like, you really could be primed to make some good things happen for you and for your lineage and for your life um is it so i mean I, you know the weight's heavy on the firstborn yeah mm-hmm. yeah it is yeah it i is. think a, a problem um in poverty i would say in poverty mm-hmm. is the passing on of that responsibility without the resource yep i got that um, i feel that I feel- even just with that whole starting from behind it's like we start behind for our kid to start behind for them to start behind. And sometimes we use our kid to help us be, keep from being so far behind, uh-huh. that type of thing. And so it's setting up this kind of taking steps backward, steps backward from generation to generation when we need to start getting to a place where we can set ourselves up. So now we're not walking backwards, but each generation we're starting to have more and more. Um, that whole mentality of each generation should get better. Yeah. Each generation should grow. And so, which it's a difficult thing, but the mentality is the first thing that has to kind of be instilled. It's, um, it's, and then you can start talking about the resource. It's funny because when you said that, like, it, it hit me kind of different. Because um, I was thinking, yeah, because <laughs> if we if we in poverty and I got to take over as the man of the house, like, I'm taking over the man of the house and we had a deficit. I'm going right. out to, you know. Mm-hmm. To break my back to try to make money just to make ends meet. You just take on the problems. You don't yeah. take on responsibility. Right, That's right. Sad. And so um, if I think about it, you know, from the, from the prodigal son's perspective, or if you think about it from, from a perspective where everything in your lineage is set up, right? So, like, you have assets. Um, the firstborn doesn't have to look at it from the perspective of, oh, man, now I got to be the man of the house. I got to go out and earn bread. Right. right, it can be no. I have a portfolio. I just have to manage. Things. I have to manage the portfolio. Right. I have to learn to manage the portfolio because not only am I responsible 
um, for for uh, myself, but I'm responsible for my younger siblings learning to manage the portfolio. Right. I'm, I'm I'm responsible for taking um take taking the 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 I guess the burden off of my parents when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can go on and enjoy, you know, cause again, like I, as a selfish parent for me saying me, like, I'm like, shoot, man, if I make a check, I'm going to spend part of my check. You know what I'm saying? Cause I right. want to enjoy the, I want to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Um, you can take a part of that off of me, right? If you start managing the estate or managing the real estate or managing, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that frees me up because at the end of the day, if it grows, it grows not for me to diminish, but it grows for you mm-hmm. to manage and pass on. And even kind of getting to that, back to that lane of not passing down problems, basically. Right. Pass down profits, not problems. I like that, man. Pass down profits, not problems. But we were having a conversation before, which we had some disagreements in it. But the thing that I was saying was, I feel that that responsibility should be to uphold and upkeep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what I was saying about that was, um, as you're a part of the inheritance, your responsibility should be to uphold the morals, um, the foundation, what your family stands for, you're upholding that, and then you're upkeeping with the wealth, with the assets, and that type of thing. And so I felt like those were the two, like that's the easy two ways, the two things you should be looking at when you're talking about the responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so, right, you just... You don't want it to be those problems. You just want to be upholding and upkeep. So when we're talking about going from generation to generation, how can you set up that set them up so they can barely they can better uphold and upkeep? And so things like what did you just want to say? No, go ahead. So things like for upholding, you have to instill character. You have to instill what your family stands for. Those type of things you have to start instilling that in the next generation early, because. That uphold is a foundational thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like upkeep kind of comes on top of that. Now it's about see what we have. This isn't just mine. This is yours. Because I felt that was an important uh, perspective that I recently gained. Mm-hmm. This isn't just don't look at this as mine, but look at this as we, we're all doing our part to take care of this. Mm-hmm. And I play my role, which I just happen to be at the head of that role right now. And you play your role as well. And that's getting into that upkeep. And so when you have that transition from generation to generation, it's more of a natural process, something that you that um, can be understood and accepted. And it's funny because I, I, I'll tell you something really simple that we've done with you or that we did with you that really bore that out, bear that out, made it, illustrated that. Okay. So like um, in the last house we were in, it's funny. Um, when we bought that house, we bought that house um, back in 2005. And when we bought the house, we we bought the house with the understanding or at least with the expectation that we were only going to be in that house for three to five years, right. right? That was our expectation, and we ended up being in for 15. But the entire time we were in there, it was like, okay, T, you need to make sure that you keep your room in this fashion. You mm-hmm. need to make sure you keep your bathroom in this fashion because this is just an investment now. We ain't going to keep this for the rest of our life. We're going to want to sell this. And when we sell it, we don't have to worry. We don't want to have to worry about having to repair this or do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, and so that's, a, that's a kind of like a simple illustration of what that perspective is. It's like, if we look at it from the perspective of, okay, now we got, you know, just say for instance, we got $50,000 in the bank, T. I want you to know we got $50,000 in the bank. 
But that fifty thousand dollars is not to spend. Right. That's what we're gonna use to grow our, you know, grow our wealth. And so yeah, I need you to start helping me look at ways to grow our wealth and not ways to bleed our wealth. And those are conversations that we can start having with our kids, you know, right, right. now. You know what I'm saying? Just helping them to understand you that know, now. It's funny. It reminds me of Lion King. Okay. And Lion King, he took his son up. He took Simba up, Mufasa, took Simba up on Pride Rock. Mm -hmm. And he said, he's had him look out. He said, everything that the light touches is your king. And so, yeah, I'm the king now. I'm managing it. Right. But this is all your, the affairs that I'm dealing with are your affairs. There you go. It's, that's really an interesting perspective to me. There you go. That's it. Um, so even in like, you were talking about me taking care of my room. This isn't just your room, our house. We take care of this together. That this house is your inheritance. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not, even if it's a situation where we're only going to be here three to five years, but what we're able to make off of that as a part of our transition, yep. that is your inheritance. Yep. So everything that you do is impacting your inheritance um, more so than just, oh, I'm doing this for them, I'm doing this because they asked me. Right, right. And so that's why, you know, that's, that's important. And then you just touched on something else a few minutes ago that I want to talk about. Because, again, we, as we talk and we share, we want to start um, helping others to start building a, a mentality or a mindset or adapting to it. Um, I know, like, my father um, some years ago came up with a family crest, right? right? He came up with a family crest, and he um, shared it with all his kids. Um, and we have, like, now we have masks, we have cups, we have flags. Um, all that has this family crest on it. Um, and I think that's instrumental. I think it's instrumental. Right. And we just did an exercise where we sat down and we, tr we figured out um, for our family, and this is, this is uh, me. This is an interesting exercise that we can share. Okay. Go ahead. You, you want to do it? Oh, okay. So um, actually you keep talking. I'm going to find the, okay. what I wrote down about all right. it. So yeah, so, so we, 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 we were able to sit down and kind of identify um, the things that were on the crest and, and kind of try to right. indoctrinate them in the family. Which uh, I asked my grandfather, since he's the one that uh -huh. designed the flag and developed the crest, I asked him to explain to me what each thing on the crest meant so we know what this is a part of that uphold, so we know what's being passed on, what's our message, what are we founded on, what are our, what are our core beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was important for that information to be something that we hold. Because mm -hmm. you can't pass it down if you don't know can't, what it is. There you go. There you go. I'm still looking. Are you still looking? Yes. I didn't get to find it. I was I <laughs> had to make that point. Um I don't want to talk too much about it because I mean because it'll still it'll still right, what I you have to say. All right, here you go. Um so the thing was name three things that your parent Oh, name three things that your parents embody as core competencies, character traits, and ideals that you have seen passed on to yourself. Right. There we go. Um, I'm going to say it again for go a sec. Name three things that your parents embody as core competencies, character traits, and ideals that you have seen passed on to yourself. And so this was, we talked about this in um, a meeting between the three of us, uh -huh. me, my father, my mother. And so we all looked at it. So you went to your father, your mother. Mm -hmm. um, my mom, she went to her father, her mother. And I went to y'all, basically. And so we all looked at what we saw in our parents that we felt were passed down to us as far as ideals, um, morals, that type of thing. And we took those and we brought them together. And we, and we discussed them. about it. Mm -hmm. We compared and contrasted. What do we see 
now from these, what do we see is being kept here and now in our family unit. And so just using that as, all right, so we know what we stand for. This is a message that can continue to be passed down. Right. Uh, as we raise the next generation, this is what we stand for. And we're all on one accord knowing what we're about. And it's, it's, it's an interesting twist to that because I always say that um, we, are, we have the perfect parents. Like the parents we got, regardless of how we feel about it, um, we have the perfect parents that were for us. Now, there, there are a whole lot of gray areas in there, but I'm just going to leave it at right. that. And, and, and that's why it was important for us to look up, look up and say, okay, what did our parents embody um, that we now embody? And for us, it was even down and T embodies, right? And so we had, we know, two different, three different layers, our parents, ourselves, and then T. And then T had us and then himself. And so the thing is, when you start seeing those um, strands, those common strands, then what you realize is that maybe this is something that's in the bloodline, just right. say. This is something in the bloodline. This is something that you're passing down from, from generation to generation to generation. And so the importance of naming it and then marking it by coming up with a family crest. So if you don't have a family crest or family seal, this is something that you can do. You might want to look into doing it because now you are – utilizing this to talk to your kids now about, hey, this is what our family stands for, and it's based upon this is how I am, this is how my parents are, and we see this in you. And then you make that a part of your family ritual, your family upbringing, because you want your children to then pass that on to their children and then on to their children so that it can become a family thing. Um, And so we, I mean, you know, because when you start talking about passing down wealth, again, you want Family pride as well. Tangent. Yes. Not, not a tangent. Slight tangent. Uh-huh. Based on the way my brain works. Mm-hmm. This just reminded me of the lawn scene from The Hate You Give, the movie. Okay. I don't remember what he said. I just remember it hitting me. And it was something like this. Like, how did I raise you? What did I teach? Huh. Um, I want to go see that scene. Uh, I can't really say much about what it says. I remember <laughs> it impacting me. I remember being in the movie theater like, dang, that was that was deep. I remember keeping it with me. Uh, I'm gonna go look for that again. But if y'all want to check out the, it's about to come out too. It's about to premiere. It's coming out. I just saw a um, commercial on it today. They're premiering it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. It's, I mean, you probably could have, you know, screened it. Um, I don't know. Is it? Oh no, is no, no, no. This is the one that already came out. No, I know. I know. We went to the movie to see it. Right. But is it on any, any streaming platform right now? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I it don't might know. Might be coming up on streaming. I don't know. Maybe streaming? it's coming up on a streaming platform, or maybe it's coming out on like you know regular TV now or something. I I'll but, tell y'all how I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna search it on YouTube. Yeah. I'm gonna say the hate you give. Yeah. But um, I just I actually speech. I actually just saw it today. I, I actually just saw it today. Um, it said it was coming on some channel. So that's yeah. all I'm saying. All right. I don't know. But yeah. But that's the thing. Like like what what did I teach you? You're right. Right. You should be able to have that conversation. You should be able to have that conversation. So when I mean, you, you know, come up on something hard. What did I teach you? What are we about? What do we know? What do we do? Um, and so that's a foundation thing. You can trigger that foundation. And that's that's what that's what it's all about. That that's what it's all about. So you know, we're talking about again wrapping this thing up a birthright. We're talking about, okay, the birthright. So we're going to leave something to our children. Like a good man leaves an inheritance until his children's children. And so now we're talking about leaving a legacy, and that legacy is not just financial. Yep, exactly. Right? What I was that thinking. legacy is not just financial. But we're talking about leaving a legacy. But we're talking about, what was that thing you said? We want not problems, but. Oh, pass down profits, not problems. Pass down profits and not problems. So we want to pass down profits and not problems. We want to make sure that we take the opportunity early, not late. Early, like I, I told y'all last week in our, in our podcast, 
when we talked about the bridge barriers in the dormitory, that's something I started talking to T about at two years old. Right. Like the get out date is something I started t- talking to T about at two years old. And by the time he got to 18, he really understood it. I, I want to talk about that a little bit too, just a, a tad bit. But even just the things that you say to your kids at a young age, an infant stage, even before you think they can understand you, I think are really crucial and really important because even if they don't understand it now, having that being repeated to them in their heads mm-hmm. uh, or, or just a, a memory of that are things that can set in later that make the most sense in the world, which is crazy. Another kind of tangent. <laughs> I was just having a conversation, argument type conversation. It wasn't really an argument, but I'd be having heated conversations with, with um, the people in my friend group. And where did you get that from? I don't know. Man, let me tell you something. It's crazy. I'm going to bring this in too. So today... <laughs> Today, somebody, we were talking about, um, one of my friends was talking about having, doing something basically with me, somebody else, and then uh, people from a different friend group of his. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, but dang, I don't know how that conversation was going to go because you and this, and you and such and such, y'all be kind of abrasive with information sometimes. I was like, abrasive? <laughs> dang, that's the word that I use on my father. I'm like, dang, man, you just be so abrasive. All the was, time. That was All crazy. the time. Yes, you do. Like, All the time. You just be kind of abrasive sometimes. I'm like, dang, that kind of hurt my but feelings. But it's in a pot called the kettle. What? Uh-huh. But basically, where was I going? Oh, we were having this conversation, and we were kind of having a disagreement, but it came down to the disagreement being the way that I worded what I said. Which I'm somebody that used, I like to use, um, I guess, evocative vocabulary. Or when I say something, I like to say, say it in a way that it impacts. It, mm-hmm. it almost cuts. It hits emotion rather than I just use the, the logical words for it. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if you invoke emotion in somebody, it causes them to remember that moment. And oh. even if they don't understand you now, they might think about it. Like the statement might sit in their head for a week or two. Mm-hmm. And then they might be like, okay, I, I've seen something now and I kind of understand what he was saying. I got something to tell you about that, but go ahead. But, um, which is it's funny because that's consistent with kind of different things I've seen, like even with uh, parenting and how early early on your response to questions or certain things will be different. Like sometimes it's got to be a hard no, so they remember the hard no. Mm-hmm. And then later on in life, once you've kind of established those hard no's and all that, you can start having more conversation of, about the thought process. But sometimes you just got to set the foundation of a hard no. So it's one of those things I like using, um, I guess, language or not concept. The way I explain concepts, I like to explain it in a way that evokes emotion. Okay. And how did that relate? I can't remember where we came from. Oh, man, we went on so many tangents. Yeah, we was talking about planting the seed in your child early, early on. Oh, yeah, on. yeah. So the saying things can really... Like you plant seeds with the way that you say things and the things that you say. It's basically the point that I wanted to get to. So even if you don't feel like it's understood now, sometimes you got to say something for it to be understood later. Yeah. It's yeah. basically the point that I wanted to make. So I'm going to tell you, I got, I'm going to see if I can stick, stick on your candidate and come back. So right. it's funny, and, and we just talked about passing things down, right? Mm-hmm. So I used to say, when I tell people stuff, like you hear it now, and it'll come back and hit you again in a week. Right. And so you hear it twice. So you hear it hard for me the first time, and then it goes past you. And uh-huh. then it boomerangs back around and hits you in another week. And that's funny because you and I never had that conversation. 
But that's the way I that's the way I deal with people in, when yeah. I'm having conversations. I just feel like if I try to say something in a way to tailor it to you so you feel comfortable with how it's said and all of that, then you're just gonna dismiss it. Because it was given in a way that was just easily accessible to you. Whereas if I hit you with it, you might get a little sore from it. But then once that sore goes down, it'd be like, okay, I understood what was going on. All right, I'm gonna remind you of this conversation the next time you call nah, me a crazy no bro. Don't remind me of nothing. But it it it, it, it reminds me of something else I used to say to you. Is, I mean, we really are gonna wrap this up, but um, just I mean, I used to speak life to you when you were growing up. And again, I didn't. I it, it wasn't about this legacy stuff. Um, because I didn't have it then. Um, it wasn't about leaving, leaving, you know, leaving this inheritance to you, because that wasn't my understanding or my 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 goal then. But I used to say stuff like, "I'm gonna make you famous." Mm-hmm. Like I used to tell you that all the time. Like, "I'm gonna make you famous. I'm gonna make you famous. I'm gonna make you famous." And it's because I wanted you to get in the mindset of, you know, I'm gonna be famous, and my dad's gonna help me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just those small things that we can start feeding to our children that we think are beyond them, um, that aren't, that aren't. Like, be intentional about everything you do and everything you say. And as we grow and as we learn more and as we become more response-able, um, we need to pass that on. We need to pass that on. So, nah, you good? That was enough for me. So, yeah, so I'm birthright, solid. I mean, you know, the birthright, I mean, we're going to be leaving things to, to our kids. It could be positive or negative. That's what I was going to say. It could be positive or negative. And so just make sure. You want to have that, start thinking about that now. What do I want to leave as far as um, pastures, finances? I mean, you definitely want to think about that. Mm-hmm. But the financial piece, the um, foundation piece, the morals, everything that you want or that you think is important, what can I do to make sure that that continues to go on through my line, through my lineage? Yep, and then involve them in the process of stewarding over it. Right. Like make them make them responsible. Make them um like the firstborn. Make them have that responsibility, or, or help them have that responsibility, so that they can look at it as everything that I do that detracts from this detracts from my inheritance, and not my inheritance for me to spend, but for my inheritance to steward over as I pass it down through our lineage. Right. Um. Yeah, I think that's important. I think that's important. And then I guess finally, like we talked about, I mean, go through the exercise that that, that T mentioned. It's um, great exercise. A I great exercise. It. Just try to identify those things, those common core competencies that are, are the common characteristics that started with your parents or your parents' parents and then yourself. And then if you have kids, that go down through your kids. And then try to develop some kind of family crest or family seal. That y'all can put a visual a, a visual representation in front of y'all, and so y'all can point to that thing. Like you know, if, if you think about football, um, like Alabama or or Clemson, like they have the rock or they have the oak that these guys know that this you know before we go into the battle, we're gonna tap it. Or Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame has some up over the door that they tap. You know, this visual representation to know that hey, as a family, we're gonna attack this together. Right. So that's what it's all about. That's a word. All right. Bum podcast. Bum podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. Holla. Holla.